Welcome to another episode of Riskpreneurs with me, Yukalo from Magna Crypto and Nick from Rafe Clothing. That's it. Uh, what should we start with today? Hmm. Should we start with um, perfectionism? Okay. I was thinking about this. Okay. So we all know what perfectionism is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I was actually watching some videos on this, and I can't remember <coughs> whose video I watched, but mm-hmm. what he said made a lot of sense to me. Um, and what he was basically saying is, if you're like the perfectionist type, where where you want to do everything the best way, mm-hmm. that basically results in you not doing anything, mm. because you're like, okay, if I if I can't do it to this level, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But to get to that level, you need to start. Make at, mistakes. And, exactly. And like, then, yeah. you got to learn somehow, right? Mm. And the best way to learn is by doing it. Mm-hmm. But then to get to that level, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not that level, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I didn't think about it like that before, but it does make sense now. Mm, yeah. What's that? Um, I think he did um, an article on, was it paralysis by analysis? Is, is something along those lines? Analysis paralysis. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something, something along those lines. Um, But yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, if you want it at such a high level, whatever level, and you're not going to do it until you get to that level, how are you going to get there unless you make mistakes? learn improve uh gain more experience to get to that level hmm. do you know what i mean so but at the same time i think per- perfectionism if used in, in the in a positive way can be really good because i think when i think about perfection perfectionism i think about attention to detail as well so if you have someone who is a perfectionist obviously there's levels to it but at a good level it would mean that a lot more detail would be uh, looked at to do certain things. So I think there's there's positives to it as well. Obviously, there's, think, um, there's, there's levels though. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think what you're describing is more detail, being detail-oriented and not a perfectionist? What's, what would you say the difference is? Then? Um, I think the difference is being detail-oriented is, is when you're you're you you like looking at things in a very detailed perspective and you mm-hmm. make sure you're looking at all the small things that make up and not overlook things right mm-hmm. but i think being a perfectionist is a little bit different like I, they do they are very similar but i, I to me at least mm-hmm. they are they are slightly different mm-hmm. in the sense that being a perfectionist means you're always looking for to execute in the most perfect way, mm-hmm. right? You want you want everything to be absolutely perfect. Now the thing is, there is no such thing as perfection because whatever you do now, there's an improvement on that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, even if you you being perfect created a product, that mm-hmm. product is not going to be perfect because mm-hmm. there's there's going to be a way to make it better, right? So mm-hmm. that obviously is not perfect. Mm-hmm. So with perfectionism, I think that trait, perfect perfect people know that as well, mm-hmm. that there's no such thing as perfect. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just it's just their nature, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That they're like, I wanna, I want, I want this to be perfect. I want to do, I wanna execute it in the most perfect way, mm-hmm. and hence end up doing a lot of analysis paralysis, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it it comes down to never actually executing, but mm-hmm. always looking to execute in the most perfect way. Mm-hmm. Um, do you it, know what I mean? So I guess that's yeah. a bit bit different. Is it like, for example, let's say, you know, you had a photographer, a perfectionist would want the light, everything to be perfect. Otherwise, the shot is not good enough and I'm not going to use it. Whereas attention to detail would be, okay, we've checked the exposure, we've checked the angle, we've checked everything. Let's take the shots and whatever, you know, happens. No, I think both of those are detail oriented. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think as a perfectionist, it would Mm -hmm. be more... If you're, if you're, see, it's, it's more the process rather than the actual execution. Because mm-hmm. if you're a true perfectionist, I don't think you even get to the execution. Okay. You just get to the the planning process. Mm-hmm. Um, but never the execution. So it's, it's very similar to an analysis to paralysis. It's, it's exactly that analysis okay. paralysis. Like, yeah. I would say if you're a true perfectionist, you're going to be like, okay, I need to do this. Let's say I need to this is my goal. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend so much time thinking of the perfect way to achieve that goal mm-hmm. that you never actually start making progress towards it because you're just always looking for the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you never get around to actually executing that. Yeah, You're always just like, oh, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? Hmm, this one's good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, whatever it is. You just mm-hmm. analyze loads of perfect ways and you, you don't actually end up doing it. Okay. Um, so I say that that's what perfectionist, perfectionist like, you, leads to. So do you think there's any positive to to being a perfectionist? Because it sounds like there's no positive. If, and if there isn't, then there isn't. What was what do you what do you think about that? Is there any positives to being a perfectionist? Hmm. I think. And and would you would you class Steve Jobs as a perfectionist? That's um i don't know if there's any positive I, I, the thing is you know it just depends how you look at it really because mm-hmm. as you said there are levels to this right mm-hmm. so it depends what sort of level your perfectionism lies at mm-hmm. um but i could also argue that you being a perfectionist at least a true one means that mm-hmm. you never get to the actual action yeah or the executing, right? You always just stop in the planning stages. Mm-hmm. But then you could also say that doesn't happen to everyone. People, some people actually execute. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, I guess that's a good thing, right? Because you thought about everything mm-hmm. and you're spending your time wisely. Mm-hmm. But where where's that line, right? Some mm-hmm. people get too into into the planning and allow the doing, right? And then hence end up making no progress whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Compared to someone who plans a bit less but executes and learns by mistakes, mm-hmm. and he actually reaches a higher level, right? What What is the um, extreme other side of perfectionist? Well, well, like, well, like YOLO in that <laughs> YOLO lifestyle. <laughs> no planning, no no forward. planning whatsoever. Yo, I just want to do this. Hmm. I don't think. Um, I don't think most people are not like that. Either. The other side. Yeah, the other side. So perfectionist. Yeah, on either side, I don't think most people are. 
Because it's it's like a it's like a distribution, right? Mm. Most people are gonna fall in the middle. I think I don't know what it's called. It's oh, is it the Pareto distribution, which is when it's like it's like a bell shaped mm. curve in a yeah, where m- majority of people fall somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the out the extremes are populated by a m- much fewer number of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's how it would be. What what what's the what would be the other side though, like no attention to detail, no imperfection, not caring about macro. I think it's more. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in a in a in a way. In, yeah, I guess. Not that's caring how about little things be. and only looking at the. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if anyone. I don't know if that's like possible. Would it? What the other side of perfectionism yeah it is possible in theory but i don't know if it will work to run a business but just just as a as a as a as a um, theoretical thing yeah personality trait yeah it is possible you're like you're just extremely carefree mm-hmm. i guess mm. but that, that's what i mean i've never met anyone like that so mm. i don't know how how it occurs in reality yeah if it exists even. yeah if it exists yeah yeah. But yeah, man, perfectionism. And I, you know what you said about Steve Jobs? Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a perfectionist because he was detail oriented. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a perfectionist. I don't know. I mean, I know you said this, they, they are similar, but it feels like from. I don't know too much about him, but. And, you know, he was very detail oriented, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he was extremely detail oriented. You could almost call that perfectionist. Yeah, so, you could. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that. But the thing mm-hmm. with Steve Jobs is... He was always striving for improvement, right? Mm-hmm. But he knew. He actually made things. Mm-hmm. He he actually made this, tried it out. Okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Scrap that. Tried this. Stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. that that's what kind of makes him not a perfectionist. Because ah, okay. although he was extremely detail-oriented, and mm-hmm. the thing is, I don't think that's that bad because I think mm. I'm a bit like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where, or, And I think a lot of people are as well. Like, mm-hmm. It's not some hella special trait, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But that's what you need, right? Because mm. if, if you're making a product, if you're not looking at everything... I don't. I don't know if there's any other way to do it. Maybe there is, but mm-hmm. just because this is the way I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if if uh, it's possible to not be detail oriented about mm-hmm. your product. Yeah, you definitely need to be. Like personally, me, I'm not very detail oriented. But if I were to make a particular product, I would need to cover that base somehow. However, like I said, you know, I've improved myself to the level where I'm very detail oriented, or mm-hmm. to get someone to cover that that weakness because i'm not i'm not very you don't think you're very detail oriented N- not for example to your to your level or to some other mates that i have i wouldn't say that's like a a, a a trait that i have okay and um do you think it would have helped you if you did have it or do you think it doesn't really matter like no i think it would, de- it would definitely help yeah because yeah you, i mean you look at things ev- from every angle 
um, you know, you make sure all bases are covered and things of that nature. So it's, it's definitely a, a good thing to, to, to have, to be hmm. detail-oriented. Like me, yeah, more, I, I just like, more I like to zoom out and look at things on a, on a higher level. Mm. so what does that mean like like details for me details when i when i go into detail for me it gives me a headache <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a headache so have you got an example about this um so what, what 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 would you consider as some as a detail and something that you wouldn't look at for example um i can't think of any specific example like that but i'll give you even an example of how my mind works with when I'm reading, for example, mm-hmm. my mind will skip skip words so often, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it just it just doesn't want to focus on every word. It will just skip, and uh, I'll end up like missing a lot of words, and I have to go back and then like that's a small example, but mm-hmm. it won't focus too much on 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 uh, each word. It just wants to go quicker, faster, and faster. Uh, Does that affect your understanding? Though I have to keep rereading oh, to, to counter that. But um, so you wouldn't try slowing down, or is that just not? You just don't like that. I mean, it's just how my how my mind works. But okay, I like for example that I would have to counter by just keep rereading certain mm-hmm. bits. You know, if I keep uh, skipping over it. Yeah, makes sense, man. I have yeah. to be honest, I do that as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like to read fast, and sometimes I do skip words. But I I found that's mostly only with books, and okay. So I don't really read books yeah. that often anymore because I like to basically I either listen to audio books or read articles. Okay, you don't shorter. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another another example actually that comes to mind is obviously you made my logo which is very very nice but the logo before that like for example my mate he created a logo it took like weeks and weeks and most people would do mm-hmm. but me literally full of concept okay i like this boom done next <laughs> no detail he was like but what about this like no no i don't get what about this no 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 next <laughs> like yeah do you know what i mean I guess, so, it, do you know a thing though that comes down to, what do you think that comes down to? Is that how you are or do you think that comes down to just the fact that you don't really value logos that much? Because that's very possible. Um, I think I would say more more uh, relate to how I am because logos, of course, are very valuable, important. And even I know this, okay. but how much time am I willing to spend going on over over each detail mm. um you know that's how i am like i you know like i said more i'm more on the if i were to tip the scale go t- towards carefree than perfectionism so you know the detail is not important get it done next uh so you're more action oriented exactly so yeah. you don't get a planning yeah paralysis no 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 i go i go the opposite side so like the youtube channel for example the other day i did my first live stream you know you think well maybe everyone does it quickly but literally open it up what don't type in how they get started boom all right let's start 
Let's, whatever happens, happens, and then I work it out afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, someone else, maybe yourself, like if you were to do live stream, you want everything set up correctly, audio tested properly, blah, blah, blah. I did a few tests, but, you know, there's a lot less detail yeah. put into no, it. I'll get you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were developing a product, though, how would you be? If I was developing a product, um, like I said, I've... I'd have to improve myself to get to that level of detail or mm. I'd make sure to work with someone or pay someone to make sure all the details are covered because you know, obviously the product has to be a good level of detail. So you think naturally you wouldn't have the sufficient level of detail to make a product work? Um, I, I think I would have enough detail to make it work. Like, um, I can definitely make it work. I mean, that's definitely something i'm able to do but i would want because i naturally am not detail oriented i would want someone to go over it Mm -hmm. and make sure that everything is looked at yeah maybe tell you the aspects that you might have missed exactly yeah yeah. exactly that's fine yeah makes sense that's that's very interesting actually it's Mm. it's it's a very interesting contrast to Mm -hmm. how i am yeah 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 Hmm. To be honest, sometimes I would prefer to be like that. Because you know? mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of times when you, uh, or by analysing, mm. you kind of talk yourself out of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing is with analysis, no analysis is 100% accurate, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the thing with humans is we tend to overestimate risk most of the time. Yeah. Um. And then, which you, which leads you to talking yourself out of it. Yeah, you yeah, think, yeah, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. the risk is too high. It's, yeah, yeah. Compared to, if you actually do it, you'll realise it's really not that risky yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, completely get Which you. I'm starting to see it this way, because um, I think I think Elon Musk said this as well. He was like, people tend to overestimate risk too much. Like, just yeah. go out there and do it, and then do you'll it. see that. Yeah the risk of actually doing it is really not that high as you're perceiving it to be. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Which I do understand because I have experienced that before. Like, What what, exa- what example can you... <sighs> YouTube, to be honest, right? Imagine, you know my YouTube. I've mm-hmm. been looking, you know, b- just before I started uni, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I want to open up a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So this was 2015, yeah? Okay. That was like, yo, I want to start up a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, left it, left it, left it, left it. And I started when? 2020. 20 to five <laughs> five years. years later. I procrastinated <laughs> on it for five years. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know what to make it on. Like, I don't know what to, I don't know how to, like, as in, I knew how to make videos, isn't it? Like, that's mm-hmm. not particularly difficult, but... Mm-hmm. It was more like, oh, what am I going to talk about? How should I lay it out? How should I set it up? Oh, yeah. that's long. I'm going to do that. I'll do that later. Yeah, yeah. So I just, all, all the details. All the details. <laughs> and I just procrastinated about it for yeah. for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a very big example, i say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had started five years ago. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Could be PewDiePie by now. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um okay so that's that's the the difference isn't it yeah more towards uh yeah attention detail more towards perfectionism would you say 
Yeah, 100%, man. That's mm. why I, I wanted to talk about it because I think I fall into that category a, a lot. In it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many in, the, in your mind, like there's times where you could have done something, but then the detail or your mind kind of talked yourself out of it. Yeah, exactly that. Mm. Like, you know, you know, um, the thing with me is, you know, how I have been in terms of my education and my personality as well. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I lean a lot on on uh, planning and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, as you do with just normal, you know, when you're trying to run a business, right? Mm-hmm. If you ask anyone, they will say, "Oh, like plan this, plan that, plan this, plan that." Mm-hmm. So. I've developed that mentality where I'm always, if I want to do something, I always like do loads of research onto yeah, yeah. it, right? You plan the shit out of it. I plan the shit out of it. Yeah. But then in the process of doing that, mm-hmm. I talk myself out of doing it. I'm like, oh, it's not worth, it doesn't look like it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. Even though my analysis could be incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. missing out so many other factors mm. that uh, I can't, there's obviously millions of factors that affect whether something is going to succeed or not, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not accounting for all of those, am I? Mm. I'm I'm going to be accounting for a very, very small number of factors that I can actually understand and think of, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's literally impossible to consider all all the factors. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you tend to overestimate the risk of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, mm-hmm. and then you just talk yourself out of it, like, oh, it's not worth it, it or it takes too long, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you just not do it. Mm-hmm. And then in that process, you just end up planning loads of things, but not doing any of those things. Got you. So in in the time you spent planning loads of things, if you just did one of the things, mm-hmm. that thing you would have tried and be executed right now, and you'd probably yeah. be actually doing something. like Could have succeeded. Could have succeeded, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it is a real um, issue with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, definitely hear you. Um, I, I guess on the flip side, for example, myself, who does much less planning, could do something and just not do enough planning and then it fails. So hmm. if maybe I do more planning, <clears throat> there's a higher chance of succeeding in certain things. Um, which yeah, is, that makes know. sense. How how do you plan to? I think you said you're getting better at. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, but I do struggle a lot to be honest. Because mm-hmm. it's it's my it's my it's my first nature. Yeah, if yeah. If I'm thinking something, I'm like, oh, let me see how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Like that, which is good, I guess. Yeah. Because you're looking at ways to execute. Mm-hmm. But then I get too into into that part and not mm. doing the executing part. Yeah. So I think I need to like. Work on the work a lean a bit more towards the center in in terms of balance. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, I'm I'm leaning too much towards the side of perfectionism. Okay. Um, but I do agree with what you're saying as well. Ha- having planned things, mm-hmm. you do have a much clearer idea of when you're going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as long as you maintain your ability to execute as well. And yeah. at some point, after a certain time of planning, you're like, look, I've done enough planning. Mm. Let's, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's give it a go and try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think um, like you said, like that is more that's more your nature to plan and your because your education is like that. <clears throat> and I think people do have their natures, you know. What I mean, you know what I mean, and you have to somehow cover for the other side that maybe you're lacking in. Yep. Like I said, like me, 
because I'm not very detail oriented. I got cover for that one way or another. Otherwise, <clears throat> things that I do or products that I make are not going to be very thorough. There's going to be too many gaps in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One way yeah. or another, you got a cover for the other side. Otherwise, you're I... going to be the complete. So you think you need to be a bit more... Sen- do you think where the perfect place to be is in the centre? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do uh, or do you think or- it leans one side or the other a bit i think people generally lean on one side but would you think the ideal would be to lean on one side like if, do you if, think if, the ideal is in the middle or to lean on one side i think the ideal hmm i mean the easiest thing that would say to be in the middle you know to have a bit of both mm-hmm. um do you think 50 50 is the right distribution though you know, if if I were to, I would lean more on attention to detail if anything. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because if you have more of that, um, <clears throat> but still not too much of a perfectionist, mm-hmm. you can ex- execute whatever you're doing to to uh, a good level or cover a lot of things. Um, if yeah. you lean more on the, <clears throat> I guess we could call it carefree side, or less attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um. You'd probably execute more, but maybe, like I said, they wouldn't be sufficiently planned. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because um, let me add on to your one. thought, yeah? Yeah. I read somewhere that I think I think it, it might have been in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what it said was smart people right like intellectually smart people like clever people mm-hmm. tend to uh, not basically okay let me think by it mm-hmm. they basically they basically know all of the ways to fail mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which is what makes them overestimate right. risk right yeah yeah uh, because they know how many how many ways a potential idea can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're not that intellectually smart, mm-hmm. you might not consider a lot of those factors. Hence, you don't see a lot of the risk. Hence, you end up actually executing more, mm. and in in the and which leads to more success mm. compared to a smart person who knows a million ways to fail yeah and either ends up uh just not doing it mm. or 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 they just get like they find it really difficult and because yeah. they're like oh like get bad anxiety and yeah shit, like, basically. like yeah. you said they they will see all the risks and be yeah. like oh okay this is not this is gonna fail for sure there's too many risks yeah. involved whereas the the less less um attention detail not as smart would only see maybe one path or just a few hurdles in the way mm-hmm. and go straight for it because so, yeah yeah no yeah. you're exa- exactly right man because mm-hmm. like we know the ways it can fail mm-hmm. but we don't know the ways it can succeed mm-hmm. that part is unknown mm-hmm. that's interesting and if you look at most of the intellectuals who are in university like professors whatever they are obviously are successful in the academic field but not in business yeah and and any you know entrepreneurial pursuits 
And if you look at those people, they tend to not have as many, obviously I ain't got no stats, but they don't tend to not have as many academic qualifications. Yeah. But are much more successful. Yeah. In, no, uh, I 100% get what mm, you're that's saying, interesting, man. interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, smart people, I guess, tend to... I don't know if they tend to overestimate risk or if mm. they tend to more accurately predict risk. Mm-hmm. Because you could argue for it either way, I guess. Because mm-hmm. you could say, okay, they're, they're smart, so they more accurately predict risk, which is that most businesses are going to fail, mm-hmm. which is a more accurate mm-hmm. like prediction of, yeah. of, of risk, right? Yeah. But then to be successful, you need to be quite deluded, as people say. Yeah. And have that belief that it's going to succeed and go against the odds, right? Mm-hmm. Which is going to so- require action. Who is if they um, potentially more accurately predict risk, mm-hmm. and the people that are more ignorant to it, but they mm-hmm. uh, who's who's right is I mean technically the businesses do fail most of the time. They do, but I think in terms of increasing the chances of success, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's. It's the people that are deluded enough to believe that it's going to go against odds and work. Mm-hmm. Those tend to be more, more, most successful ones, right? I would imagine. And to be honest, like, if you had the, the, the smart person and the not-so-smart person, the smart person probably would never be in that statistic because they probably wouldn't start business. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's important to say I think it's important to distinguish what we define as smart and not smart, right? Yeah. Because um, being intellectually, um, intellectually, you know, academically smart uh, is not the only way to be smart, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need to be an ac- academic to be a smart person. Mm-hmm. You know, there are loads of people who have not been to uni, but they are equally as smart, but they just went to. They just chose to use their intellect in different yeah. ways, right? Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, um. So so yeah, I mean, I I think it's important to like yeah. bring out that distinct yeah. distinguish, right? Cause it's, That's, yeah, it's a very 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 good point. That's just one part of intelligence, you know, yeah. the academics. Like yeah. I said, it's just one way someone can apply their intelligence in the academic yep. field. Yep. Um. There's um a, a book that I read is called the daily stoic and it gives yeah. you one page of just um, some stoicism for the day. I remember one page <coughs> it talks about, which is exactly what we're kind of talking about, which leads me to believe this is an age old problem that, you know, you, you can be the person to read those books and be that scholar, but that tends to, you have a, a um, the danger of them becoming just a library versus the soldier who actually actually goes and does things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always the danger of just being the scholar and, and, and smart and seeing all the risks perhaps and then versus the soldier who actually goes out and does the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Very accurate, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... You could... You could um, no, um... um Sorry, what are you saying? No, no, go on, go on. So, you know, um, they say, who was it that said this? They were like, 
the A students work for the B students and then the B students work for the C students. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've, I've vaguely heard that. Um, or in some, co- a similar thing in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of says the say exactly what we're discussing, which yeah, is the yeah, fact yeah. that if you're, you, if you're really, really smart and you apply it to, you know, academics, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fine, mm-hmm. you know, but, you you do have the risk of ending up in just getting stuck in the planning and never in executing. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the other people who don't do so much planning but they just execute. Yeah. End up being the people you end up working for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they executed while you just planned. Yeah. So then you end up planning for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it does make me think about this generation. How obviously you've got the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and all these smart, you know. Uh, Mm-hmm. wealthy people but would you say these are like outliers you know <laughs> generally more academically smart people aren't uh, as successful I don't know uh, depends who 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 else apart from Mark Zuckerberg are you talking about Jack Dorsey I'm just thinking about the social oh, media Jack <laughs> Dorsey. Who's, Twitter um, oh is it Twitter, Twitter. Uh, the thing is I mean, they are smart, right? But they're not like. I don't know how to explain it. And they're not that kind of smart. I, I, okay. I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know the background of Jack Dorsey, mm. but I know Mark Zuckerberg's. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Mark Zuckerberg was smart, but he didn't build Facebook. By yeah, himself, the, yeah, right? The, he had other people with him. Yeah. So his uh, his partner, Ed, Edward Saverin. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he was was he was his partner, right? He mm. had coders, mm. and then the reason Facebook became massive was because of Sean, Sean Parker, mm-hmm. right? Who introduced them to like that's the Napster guy. That's the Napster guy. Yeah. yeah. So do you know what I'm saying? So mm. though Sean Parker was obviously well connected from Napster, right? Mm-hmm. And he had all the contacts in Silicon Valley and all that. Mm-hmm. Edward Saverin was able to handle all the business side of it. So mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg could just focus on the coding part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what he lacked in his business acumen, let's say, mm-hmm. yeah. it was it was being compensated for by his, his acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think... That's not, it's not really an outlier. Yeah, it's not really an outlier. Do you know who would be an outlier? Elon Musk, because mm-hmm. he's actually smart. Yeah. But and then he actually started to do his own thing, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, if you think about his education, he's highly educated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, his his IQ, some speculate, is like a genius level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he ha- he would have a high tendency to fall into that that category or. Mm-hmm. You know, more of a scientist rather than a businessman. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's done obviously really well. Yeah. Um. So you know, I guess I don't know, man. I guess it, it can be explained how yeah. people are, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting uh, trait. But like anything, you know, to have a balance or to cover the other side is always, like you said, Mark Zuckerberg. Although he was, you know, he went to Harvard or Stanford and he was smart, his weaknesses were covered by mm. Edward and, and the other other guys. 
mm-hmm. which is why it worked so well because it was a complete package in the end. Yep, yep. Every they had everything covered, whether exactly, that was one yeah. person or multiple people, right? Yeah. So I guess that's that is what you need. I mean, ideally, you'd want to do that mm-hmm. by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I ideally, well, I don't know if ideally, but what in the do? most efficient way, it would be you that's been that can do both. Yeah. But I don't know if that's really possible. I guess. Yeah, it's. it's um... Or I guess it's not the best way to do it. Because mm. uh, you might end up um, not doing either as good as if you were just focusing on one and someone else focusing on the other. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. your your time will be split between both of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess it depends. Yeah, it depends on maybe if it's a small project you can do it on your own, but mm-hmm. larger the project. Um, are there any steps you could take to to not be as perfectionist uh you think well what i'm trying right now is i'm trying to plan less and kind of just do more Mm. so i'm trying to reduce the amount of planning to uh, bare bones level Mm -hmm. uh just you know trying it out see how it goes Mm mm-hmm uh, so far has uh, not been successful <laughs> <laughs> still planning yeah still planning yeah. but uh, I'm slowly getting into it because mm. uh, uh, you know the thing is yeah it's tough in it because if, if if it becomes like a habit right mm-hmm. and habit habits take quite a while to change like it's not it doesn't happen instantly mm-hmm. so you know I, I I will have to see like over a, a few weeks or you know at least at least two months and mm-hmm. one two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will have to see see how it goes because for it to materialize, it's gonna take a long time. Right? So especially if you've been like this for a long time. Yeah. Take a long, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Take a while to move away from it. Um, also, I've been trying to do something interesting recently. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, you know how people say or oh, start journaling and stuff like that mm-hmm. I'd, I uh, I don't do that mm-hmm. but what I do is I, I start writing down things that it's like talking to yourself in a way mm. but what it is is you're really I'm just writing down my thoughts mm-hmm. um, that are going through my head so instead of them being in my head I actually write them down right and in a yeah. way that ends up being speaking to myself in mm. a way mm-hmm. um but because i'm writing it down it be, it, it has a lot more impact mm-hmm. uh well that's what i think anyway i haven't been doing it for long so i'll see how that goes but how would you just have a notepad and yeah, start writing basically thinking? basically because mm-hmm. the way i see it is you know i feel like i got two two people inside me mm-hmm you have the conscious and the subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your yeah, your subconscious is like your emotional, uh, involuntary things, mm-hmm. and then your conscious is your logical, like you know your the things yeah. that you control, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both behave differently. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, your subconscious is a, a lot more emotional, and hence. Is the is the one that causes you to overestimate risk, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and leads to like anxiety, stress, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas your logical brain, your conscious brain, is something that is a lot more rational about things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and results in you actually doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, uh, as in naturally, your subconscious is stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. uh, why you know people fall into addiction and bad habits because mm-hmm. they just do things subconsciously that are bad for them mm-hmm. um and the conscious con the con to do the right thing they need to do that consciously because mm-hmm. subconsciously they will just keep repeating their bad habits right mm-hmm. um so my thought is if they're it's like my rational talking to my subconscious got you so what i'm writing down is me speaking to my subconscious okay because all of the things that i'm thinking are all of my rational thoughts right because mm. i'm thinking them on purpose mm-hmm. so they, they're rational thoughts but for for me for my subconscious to register them i guess it might help if i write them down mm-hmm. i don't know if it does it might just not do anything but no it's, it's good because i've i have heard of uh kind of people i don't know who mentioned this but maybe some entrepreneur, but he always carries around a notebook. So any ideas or any thoughts that come in, hmm. just notes them down because they'll f- go away very quickly. Yeah, yeah, I've got one of those as well. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows, maybe some, some sick ideas will just pop out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is, right, it depends what you mean by ideas because i got too many ideas in it. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like a blessing and a curse. Because to me, I've got tons and tons of ideas. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the time or the resources to obviously do those ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes it hard to focus on the things that you're already doing. Mm. You just get really excited about new ideas, isn't it? All these, all these things you can do. Yeah. But I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing all right with controlling, controlling that. So I just write it down if I want to do that in the future. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's still um, always, always good, like... Yeah. Um, when did you start doing that? What right now? Ideas. Mm. Oh, long time, man. What about the thought, the conversations you had with you? Oh, that's only been a few days. Okay. Yeah, only a couple of days now. So we're gonna see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I don't do that every day either. I have to be in a certain uh, thing mm-hmm. to do that in certain mindset, my certain mood. Because yeah. I need to yeah. be obviously. Uh, I need to be calm mm-hmm. right because i need to be able to sit there quietly mm-hmm. and just listen inside my brain right mm-hmm. rather than external right. stimulation are they, are they actually parking there well let's hope not let's see how that goes if they, if they are <laughs> we're gonna be stuck in there yeah i know tell them to move yeah if they start to walk away well, I think they're actually parking there. Go on, Yix, do the thing and you pause the recording. What were you saying? Oh, man. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about the conversation you're having with your subconscious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've only been doing that for a couple of days. Okay. See. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, and you know, you need to be calm because I need to be able oh, to yeah. listen inside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't do that frequently, but. Okay. We'll see how that works. You're kind of in a meditative state. Yeah, yeah. I need to learn how to meditate. I meditate. I do 
meditation uh, on a daily basis now. Yeah. It's, um, has it been helping you quite a lot? It has, yeah, yeah. I think it it definitely um, gets you to a level of kind of calm and peace. Um, I do normally to start the day off, just meditate a little bit, just center myself, and then go on about my day. Um, wouldn't say it's, it doesn't have like a for me anyway. It doesn't have like a profound effect, mm-hmm. but it definitely allows you to take a break from your thoughts like you when you meditate or when I do anyway you know I f- focus less on the thought on the thoughts that are going in my head and more on the kind of empty empty space so you're having almost like a break from the the noise um so it definitely creates a calming effect mm-hmm. um so it's it's, it's 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 a good practice for sure and um i also when when i do meditation sometimes i focus on that future or the state of consciousness that i want to be at in when i'm successful or whatever in the future so i focus on on that uh image how would how i would feel in that environment of like wealth abundance things like that mm-hmm. i like to focus on that as well does that provide you with a lot of motivation yeah it does yeah almost because you can if you can imagine it and actually <clears throat> experience the feeling it's possible do you know what i mean the the possibility is out there mm-hmm. so it's uh it's a good practice has meditation gotten easier as you've done it longer um I don't know if when you say easy do you like maybe do it for a longer time or no like you know to get into a meditative state okay how, how well, as in I don't know if you struggled initially yeah. but if you did has it gone better now or do you still kind of struggle to quieten down the mind I would say it's gone easier not massively mm-hmm. uh, for example when I meditate at night it's a lot easier maybe I don't know if I'm because I'm tired already or in the morning I think my mind tends to be a bit busier. Mm-hmm. But over time, you do get... It does get a bit easier. You know, what to focus on and how to relax your mind more. You don't get as distracted by all the thoughts that you yep. had at the beginning. At the beginning, it's quite hard to not focus on all the thoughts that are going through your mind. So yep. you do learn uh, how to do it better. But it's, it's still it's still uh, not easy. Mm-hmm. So you're still active. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Your mind never shuts up, innit? Yeah. Yeah, it's always um, thinking a lot of thoughts, even like thoughts that you don't want to think necessarily, like mm-hmm. you said, when it's coming from your subconscious, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Just thoughts just popping up. But I know, like, why am I thinking like this? Do you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, but it's a, it's a good practice. Definitely good practice. Your, your favourite... Billionaire investor Ray Dalio, he he does <laughs> he meditates a lot. Um, yeah. What's his? Uh, do you know his hedge funds? Uh, funds under control. Is it Bridgewater? Bridgewater, yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you know how many he has? How many hedge funds? No, how what, oh, what's the the assets? The assets yeah. in his hedge fund. I'm not sure. 
hundreds of billions. It's a very vague number, isn't it? <laughs> hundreds of billions. Yeah. Hundred one billion. <laughs> um, and I don't know the number. You know, um, I was watching a video the other day about Lehman Brothers. Mm. Yo, they were massive. How big were they? Massive. I think they had like six hundred million billion mm-hmm. in like assets or something like that. Uh, like they were they were massive, uh, right? Were a lot of the assets linked to mortgage backed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sick man. They own leverage the, the fuck out yeah, of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They owned a lot of mortgage backed securities. Uh which is obviously what yeah. fucked them up, you know? yeah, yeah. But it's mad. You know how they started out? No. I think it was like a little store. Really? Yeah. Like a retail store in it. That's insane. Uh, so you, you, very know, you, could, you should always dream big, man. You never yeah. know. <laughs> you could you could wreck the whole economy if you wanted to. Yeah, that's true, man. Like that's crazy. That's the thing with banks, isn't it? Mm. It'll be mad to start a bank, actually. It's looking like it's getting easier because I'm I'm seeing better banks pop up, right? But it's those small fintech banks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Are they getting like full banking licenses and stuff? You know. Uh, some of them are, mm-hmm. but obviously the, there's only a few major players right now. Yeah, which are like Starling, Monzo. Yeah. Oh, what's the other one? There's another one Revolut. as well. Oh, Revolut. But the thing is, I don't know if Revolut is F- FSC. Yeah. Uh, um, under the scheme in it, so yeah. I don't know if it has full uh, privileges. Oh yeah. Um, they might do now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the last time I checked was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, the thing is, you know what you can do, you can provide banking services, mm-hmm. but you're getting the actual banking service from another company. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you're outsourcing the banking, you're so, just so a front, like Monzo, for example. Who's are they providing a service for someone else? No, are they, they're, they're official, bank. okay? Yeah, yeah, the but other I mean, ones, um, yeah. So I think. Clear Bank, I think it's called. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. So they pro, it's either Clear Bank or something like that. And what they do is they provide banking services for companies, right? Mm. So what you can do is, I can start my own bank, but then all of my account management and all of the banking things is handled by Clear Clearwater, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you essentially become like the front brand. Wait, Clearwater is the bank. Is the bank and yeah clear in the front end so okay um i don't know if it's clear water but i think there is some there are some banks like that so mm-hmm. you outsource your banking with a firm that's already regulated and has the things right mm-hmm. so you don't have to go through the whole F- fca process as well mm-hmm. you you let them handle all the banking and yeah. you provide or you deal with a lot of the front end things yeah so you yourself would be like a like a brand basically Okay. So you can have your own app and everything, but the yeah. actual banking is handled by Clearwater, for example. Yeah. Could could they, for example, if it is Clearwater, could they have multiple banks working absolutely. for them technically? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I think that's, that becomes their product. Okay. Like the banking services is their product. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so it's more of a B2B business, right? They're selling to other companies uh, okay. that want the banking services. Is this becoming a, a trend then, do you think? It has been. Yeah. I think it is becoming a trend. Yeah. 
Because um, the thing is, you know, with this, the the the, the barrier to entry is much much lower. Because mm. for any bank to be a full bank, the FCA regulation is a very expensive and lengthy process, right? Mm. Loads of paperwork and fees and everything, right? So it's not something that traditionally everyone could do. You'd need major capital. Mm-hmm. You need, you know, loads of investment available, right? Mm. But with this process, there's only one company that needs to do that. Mm. And then they can sell the banking services to other companies who don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah. the other companies still need um, FCA regulation, but their regulation is not that is not one that a bank needs. Mm-hmm. Their one is more to deal with uh, dealing with customers' data and their financial information and handling all of that, yeah. rather than the actual regulation of a bank. You know where you need where you need to maintain capital and stuff like that, right? Which Got is you. a lot more higher level regulation. Okay, so that's um, like lower barriers. Lower barriers to entry. Okay. Do you, Do you think? Um, I don't know if I had a bank. Uh, a bank. If I had um, someone say that the bigger banks are becoming obsolete and it's they're gonna start merging more. Yeah, I think that was me. Was that you? But no, I think I hundred percent think they are, man. Because um, they're basically right. Mm-hmm. You gotta understand the types, the main types of banking consumers right now, or and in the future. Who's that? Us, mm. right? Banks make money from uh, deposits, products. Stuff like that, right? Now, who do you think is going to borrow more money? A 25-year-old or a 65-year-old, mm. right? So, we're, we're the next gen of customers, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're still in our 20s. That means we still have a whole life to, you know, deal with the banks. Uh, I, just, I just turned 30, then. Did you? Yeah. Actually? Yeah. To try to shit. No, really. Legit. I'm not on your side anymore. Oh, yeah, What? <laughs> Mad, <laughs> happy birthday, guys! Thanks. That's mad. Yeah, man's a grown ass man now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in my twenties anymore. But it's gone. Right, well, I'll start addressing you uh, yeah, yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you in your twenties, God. Yeah. <laughs> we still have a whole life to like. Yeah. Be customers for the bank, right? Yeah. And we're the generation that were growing up with tech. Mm-hmm. But none of these traditional banks tech is up to up to standards. Mm. Like I have accounts with Lloyd's Nationwide, Barclays, and Starling. Yeah, mm. Starling is like next level. Yeah, compared yeah, to yeah. the other bank and their online services, Starling mm. is next level. Yeah, the yeah. amount of things I can do from just the app, mm. bro. You know the other companies. Yeah, if you got a problem with your pin or something. You go flipping call them, yeah. Mm. You go call them up like, "Hey, can you block my card, Bruv, Who was who wants to do that, man? Mm. Starling, just you log into your app. There's a switch right there that says lock, unlock, lock, yeah, unlock, yeah, yeah. Bruv, <laughs> How how easy is that? Yeah. How like why can't you just do that? In it, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. If you want to do the pin, yeah, they'll do some long shit like send it to you in the post and that. Innit? Yeah, yeah. Bruv, why? Just show me what the pin is, isn't yeah. it? Like, why are you being so long about it? Hundred percent. Like. So I think they're not up to scratch. And I think it it does have a lot to do with how their banking's been all this time, right? Mm. They've obviously been built on legacy systems. Mm -hmm. 
So for them to upgrade everything is going to be extremely difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Starling, which has you know not been around for that long, they obviously developed on modern tech, right? Mm-hmm. So I do get that, but I just think in business, like people don't get that, and like they're getting outcompeted basically. Mm-hmm. Once a lot of these new banks start lending out money, mm-hmm. like Starling already does, but once they like start ramping it up and everything. Mm-hmm gonna take over it will take over because you got to think about the data that these new banks have as well right mm. loads of data these are like big data companies in mm. a way right so true. they can provide you with a much more tailored experience when it comes to your borrowing your lending your everything mm-hmm. right and um with them being online banks a lot of them with no branches all of their processes are optimized yeah for online mm-hmm you know, which is a massive, massive advantage compared to traditional banks, which mm-hmm. are optimized for branch usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for them to change all of that, it's going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. they they have processes that have been developed, you know, decades ago, right? Mm-hmm. To go back and do all of that on a global level, that's massive it's, operation. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty much impossible. So, yeah, that is what's going to happen, like... So, so do you think, like... Um, out of the big players or NatWest, one of them is going to end up shutting down or they're just going to switch to only providing to hmm. the likes of these smaller fintech banks? I think um, I think what's going to happen is banks are bec- going to become a lot more specialised in it mm-hmm. and they will just start focusing on one sector. Mm. Um, this is just my thoughts. I don't have yeah, any yeah. evidence to back this. This is just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this. I've heard it's some, gonna happen, someone but. someone else mentioned this, not not you, but someone saying like you what you're saying they're gonna become specialized and only analyze the risk or something like that. Yep. So they all start specializing yeah. in certain sectors, right? Mm-hmm. So they might just they might just do investment banking, mm-hmm. or they might just do retail banking, or yeah. they might just do corporate banking, mm-hmm. or and they will just specialize in certain things, right? Compared to right now where. You have the likes of HSBC or stuff like that, which do mm. retail and they will do investment and, you know, they would they would do loads of banking product, right? Mm. Loan the money. <laughs> well, well, that's yeah. the main banking that's product. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's going to go away. But, you know, um, yeah, basically. So yeah. they might specialize a bit and then in the other areas, they might just merge or partner with other banks, right? Mm. So they can spread the cost. Yeah. And increase the serve, increase you know like basically it's like having a partner right so you might mm. be like okay look nationwide and natwest are like okay we've got this many banks for our co- consumer facing retail banking let's partner up so there will just be one bank mm-hmm. and hence they can increase their number of branches as well mm-hmm. right and provide synergies from both banking systems mm-hmm. um you know yeah. so stuff like that right it's probably yeah. what will happen yeah uh, well what might happen in my opinion in it but yeah it'll be interesting to see how that how that unfolds but like i said i've heard it from different sources so could could definitely happen hmm. and it, it we'll def- see it's yeah. definitely changing though. the yeah. industry is definitely changing like you said like our generation like most people now are using Monzo, Starling, one of these new banks. Mm-hmm. More so, I don't think everyone's used it for like to get their paycheck yet, mm-hmm. to to actually get paid in yet, or as their main bank. But people are definitely using it more on a day to day basis. 
you know to pay for whatever groceries send a bit of money there top it up things like that mm-hmm. but I think there will be a shift when it, it starts to become a main bank where people will put all their savings in there at some point you know when people trust it more mm-hmm. um, I do that now oh do you yeah he's oh, starting as my main bank there you go for my business um, and personal okay yeah it's so calm man it works perfectly fine it works better than all the other yeah, banks of course yeah so. <laughs> <clears throat> I think from other people I know not a lot of people have made it their main bank just yet but yeah. I think that will change soon enough like it's you know I think you know why I like I, I wanted to make it my main bank mm. is because because it's an online bank right when I need to do everyday things I don't need to rely a lot on calling them or or going in branch and stuff like that mm-hmm. um that was my main draw and obviously it's very useful because as I said I can control if a car is locked or not mm. right if I forget my pin I can use the app to remind myself mm-hmm. right I can I can control so many things on the app yeah I don't know if you've used Starling or not yeah I've got a Starling yeah. oh is it okay yeah. so you know but yeah. I, don't, I don't use it frequently oh is it because yeah. you know you know for the card <coughs> you can cho- pick and choose what you want to you allow your card to do for mm. contactless right mm-hmm. so cause you can be like oh if you if you see anything gambling related, just decline that transaction. That's yeah. yeah like that's obviously, it doesn't apply to me, but yeah. uh, there are other options as well that you can yeah. control, right? Yeah. So I think the experience for everyday use is just it's, so good. It's, isn't yeah, it? it's just different, different level, different, different generation. Level. You know, and my my sister, she works for Starling. She does like technical support. Yeah. She said that you can you can now like, I don't know, get get like a, another card and issue it to someone else, and you can put like restrictions on it and let them use yeah. certain things yeah yeah so I'm like this is, this is proper sick you know yeah it's mad bro yeah yeah like and the main thing I like as soon as you send or receive money it tells you straight, straight away yeah yeah, yeah 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 I don't know why banks still don't have that bro yeah. this is like the most basic thing there yeah, is yeah. isn't it yeah even Barclays up until very recently didn't have that yeah yeah where if you're making transactions you'd have to go in the app and check you know? yeah so yeah, if someone's yeah. like yo i sent you money you go go in the app log in yeah, type yeah, your yeah, fucking yeah. password in yeah then wait like a few seconds for it to load and then yeah. you can check you know, if it's yeah. happened or not bro tell me straight away isn't it? Like, it's not that <laughs> difficult is it one thing I, I liked about monzo uh as well is when i got a new phone it was so easy <clears throat> to switch my account to the new phone literally you know you go on the app you put in your email you send some notification whatever it sends it confirm the pin whatever boom you're set up to do, mm. to do that with the banking app bro, yeah long like pin yeah. yeah and all that shit <laughs> bro, it's a long on. man so yeah the end the end of those banks is, is definitely near and they're, they're gonna downsize the, the new the new kids on the block yep yeah, mm-hmm. or they will acquire the new banks, and yeah, uh, I think yeah. who was it? I think one of the Barclays or some other bank were looking to acquire Starling. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I think Starling said no. They said no, no, no. All right, because you know, you know, Starling CEO, she's actually sick, bro. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I rate her, man. She's smart. She's smart, like she's she's done well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She's done really, really well in in terms of how to run the bank and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and definitely got potential. And Starling definitely got potential. I haven't used Monzo, mm-hmm. um, but I did do research before Starling before choosing Starling Monzo, mm-hmm. 
and I chose Sterling. I don't know why, but I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. tell everyone I meet, yo, hey, Sterling is sick. <laughs> <laughs> so man's like some Sterling fanboy, bro. Out <laughs> of the people, you know, just general consensus, which bank, new bank, are you hearing people use more? People from our ages, it's generally Monzo. Monzo, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of them is due to uh, and Revolut as well for mm. current currency conversion. That. Yeah, currency conversions and that. Um, Do you know? I actually when Monza first started, when I first used to see that orange card, I'm like, what the hell is that card? Mm. And um, I remember meeting someone, at, meeting a girl at a bar, and she had the card. I'm like, what, what bank is that? And the only way you could actually get the app. Or the bank is by someone giving you this golden ticket, which is pretty <laughs> sick. <laughs> so literally, someone has to send it to you. Uh, she sent it to me because you get like ten pounds on it if you if someone signs up mm-hmm. on your behalf, and uh, then you can actually, you know, sign up. So it was like an exclusive club, mm-hmm. which is pretty sick how they started. I think, and then obviously nowadays you can just get it in anyway. But before. You're so sick how they started. Like you literally can only get it. You would see the orange card, which is very distinctive. Yeah. And then you think, what the hell is that? And then there's only one way to get it, and that's to get the golden golden ticket. Well, that's yeah. just very smart. Um, obviously now it's a good everywhere. strategy. Yeah. Man. I was looking to do that for my brand actually. Is it? Yeah, I'm considering it, and then, there you go. I don't know how to execute on it just yet. Uh-huh. So we'll see. Little but little yeah, it is, it is a good strategy. Yeah. Like, people like exclusivity, right? Mm-hmm. One uh, one guy actually hacked hacked that. I don't know if you've heard this. Basically, got paid ad, uh, and and uh, said sign up to Monza using this code, and he put it like top sponsored ad on Google. Yeah. And so he got like two hundred fifty thousand pound, because people were using his code to sign oh, up. Oh, is it? And he was getting ten pounds every time. Oh, wrong, <laughs> he smashed it. That's it. Yeah, and then after that they changed it. The Monza said, "No, nah, we're not doing this." Anymore. <laughs> That's what you call it. I don't know. That's ingenuity, ingenuity right there. there you go. Man, that's crazy. You cracked the code. See, those men are smart as well. Isn't yeah. He might not be some PhD, but he's obviously smart. Or she, in she, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, he uh, applied it in a different, yeah, different way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, these banks are really good, man. Very, very good. It's about time we had a change, man. Those old apps are just yeah yeah i was waiting for a while to be honest i was like I, i'm i'm really thinking i was actually wondering why no one has done it yet mm. like surely we're we're there and this was a couple of years ago you know mm-hmm. so back then i was thinking yo we need like an online bank in there mm-hmm. obviously well the man wasn't in a position to execute that. <laughs> <laughs> 20 20 year old opening it's time to bank yeah trust <laughs> you know the just slight um pivot to crypto xrp or ripple are doing this with cross-border payments in in Mm -hmm. that they're revolutionizing it to make that and i know we've spoken about this before but to make it instant which is how does that work so the the you know you'd have a crypto exchange here and one on on what in whatever country you want Mexico, yep. India, whatever. And um, to XRP, I can send it to you wherever you are within like five seconds. 
and um you know let's say if i want to send a hundred thousand pounds to you in uh, india right now it has to go through many channels to get to that point which we wouldn't see but mm-hmm. with xrp you could literally have hundred thousand over here compared to xrp doesn't matter what the amount is it would send in like five seconds to the other side and then you would convert convert it to rupees sell it for rupees do do these companies not already do that though how like western union and MoneyGram. Mm -hmm. because i've used them and they do it instantly as well Mm -hmm. so i don't know if the the, the back end is what you wouldn't see then because if i'm if i understand it correctly Western Union would need to have um, a certain amount of money on in each area, and so when you're sending it, it's not that it's not like they're sending money from here to India. Mm-hmm. They've already got money there, and mm-hmm. they would just give whoever that amount. Yep. Um. So money's not actually being sent; it's it's already in both places. Yep. But of course, that's fine if you know you're sending it to popular areas where there's loads of demand but in areas where there isn't as much demand yep. it's much more difficult you know if you were to send money to Papua New Guinea where no one sends money there you know as long as there's a you know crypto exchange or some kind of endpoint, you could send XRP there convert it to that currency so you wouldn't need huge amounts of different currencies what currency would you need then? Whatever, whatever the local currency is. So what, isn't that what you need that any? Wouldn't you need that anyway? Even if MoneyGram, <coughs> right? Well, Western, MoneyGram's not going to hold pounds in that because it yeah. doesn't need that in Pakistan, right? Yeah, yeah It's yeah. just going to hold rupees, isn't it? So isn't that but, the same thing as XRP then? Um, because what you're saying is right now they mm-hmm. have to hold capital. Mm-hmm. But even with XRP, they got to do that anyway, isn't it? Because when the XRP comes in, they got to convert it into rupees yeah. and give the person rupees, right? Yeah. You can't give him an XRP. So, but, so you still have to <coughs> hold the rupees anyway, now. See, if it was Western Union, though, for example, they would have to hold a certain amount in that, let's say, a less obvious, a less um, in-demand area like Papua New Guinea. They would have to have an operation there and hold a lot of their currency to actually operate the service yeah so don't, don't you need a crypto exchange to do the same thing uh you would yeah you would you would need the one there um but it wouldn't have to be western union in every single country okay so, so you you have you would have these privately owned smaller probably uh crypto exchanges or one it, it's yeah one that would be able to obviously convert xrp to the local currency um and then you would have these within a network in the ripple net like all, all across the world i think it, it, mm. you know in this it's a lot easier to to do that than have western union in every country it'd be difficult for them to expand or to have uh, an a uh, a um a store in countries that maybe not a lot of people send money to. Hmm. I get what you're saying now, actually. Mm. So what you're saying is, it's it's not the speed that it has an advantage in. It's the fact that 
it allows private individuals to accept a universally recognized currency for money transfer. So anyone yeah. can open up a crypto exchange yeah. in any country yeah. privately yeah. and accept XRP and and then they can join the network and exactly. anyone can send money to that. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, um, Makes but sense. The, the speed is also uh, important because... Because this is actually XRP moving from here to any country pretty much instantly. Whereas, you know, for example, when you send money to India, you you know, they would get it instantly on that side. But it's not money actually moving. It's because they already have it there. But if they were actually to move money, we'd have to go through a lot of um, intermediate stops, uh, which has a, what they say, like a 2% error rate or a high error rate. Um, why, why did they need to physically move money not not physically but I'd have to go to all these in, that's that's how they say that's the process of the financial system that's very old and antiquated like money I don't mean the actual movement of cash from yeah. place to place but for some reason the there is an actual infrastructure to send money instantly from here to India um, it has to actually go through corresponding banks maybe convert from here to somewhere uh, you know in the middle and then whatever then mm-hmm. it gets to India that's like the process of money movement right now um, but if it, what I was thinking was mm-hmm. if it's Western Union to yeah. Western Union yeah they don't really need to move the money right because they have it over there or yeah because they're all under one company yeah so it just becomes more of an accounting thing rather than actual money moving right yeah yeah so that's right yeah that's that's how it is mean? now. Yeah. So they don't yeah. need to. There 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 is no other banks involved, right? Because yeah. it's this moving between their own accounts. Yeah. Rather than through an intermediary bank, which is going to convert the money, mm. and then pass it to a local bank, which is going to give you the money. Mm-hmm. They don't need to do that because it's like they all play pay into the same same company's accounts in a way. Obviously, there will be different country companies. Yeah. But I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying. <laughs> but if, is, the example you're using is from like Western Union to Western Union. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But normally they would literally have money in that location and in the, you know, the starting location. So yeah, they wouldn't have to move money, but they would need to have money in both places. And uh, a lot of times, I'm, well, not a lot of times, but. There's an opportunity cost of just holding that money in certain places. So that's that. There's that as well. But if you're sending it from a bank, any normal bank, to another bank, then I guess mm. there would be that. They would, yeah. That they would have yeah, to take. Yeah, that makes sense. But XRP is able to literally move instantly without going through all these um, correspondent banks. That's the the step is taken now the the upgrade so it's 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 almost instant and it doesn't have to go it's it's, it's basically using the internet instead of using these these old systems mm-hmm. so um yeah i think that's going to become more more popular as, as time goes forward i don't know if people would uh, would see it from the front end because like you said if you can send money to india and it's instant anyway like for you like uh, what's the difference but on the back end, it would be money would flow a lot more quicker internationally, uh, much more easier. So there'd be less friction to sending any value to anywhere. 
Stanza alu ya. Man, for everyone listening, this guy's got pink hair and he's wearing pink joggers. <laughs> like, I'm not even talking like a dull pink. This is like bright this hot is, pink. Hot color. pink, yeah, yeah, hot pink. And he's in the forest. Still. It's very interesting. I wonder what he's gonna be doing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Mm. Yo, should open up a crypto exchange here, and hey, uh, you know what? It's gonna be a lot. It's the same how these fintech banks are opening, you know, obviously smaller banks. Yeah. Imagine opening up a small shop in a country that doesn't normally have uh, easy access to money from, you know, uh, European or Western places. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot of money, man. It could be like you know. So would you want to open one in London? No. What? Yeah. You wouldn't want to open one in London. Well, in L- London, has already been done. How common is it? Um, How common? Tra- Transfer Go, I think they're running on Ripple. MoneyGram. And a few few other smaller um, remittance companies have been set up. How how um, common are they? They were around London. I don't know how common they are. Probably not that common. Hmm. It'd be bad to do, to do one in India. You, you know, be... That's long. <laughs> He's gonna manage it. Man, man don't wanna live in India. <laughs> you can live in the very, very wealthy places. No, that don't make no difference. No, because it's like I don't know. I mean, it's this is a different lifestyle, right? Mm. It's fun for a short period, but I wouldn't wanna live there. Yeah, because even if you live in a very wealthy area. Everything around you is nice. But as yeah. soon as you go somewhere else, you Slums. realize what it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's not there yet. It's, I hear that. And the traffic is crazy, man. Oh, no, no, now, no. if you like driving, India is not the place. <laughs> you have to do driving your private tracks. Literally. Yeah. That's the only way you can drive it. Because otherwise, you know what it is? People don't even care, man. Like, you have lanes, yeah. They would, you know you have two lanes, yeah. Mm. They'll drive in the middle, you know. Really? Legit, they were driving in the middle. When, and it's like, why? Why are you driving in the middle? You can fit two cars here. Why are you driving in the middle? But that, that's how they... Or they'll drive it... Like, imagine this is the divider, yeah? They'll drive it like that or like that. And they'll just drive it anywhere they yeah, want. Yeah, and yeah. There's no, like... There's no rules. There's no rules. Yeah. It's just bare weird, man. I hear that. So um, until that changes, it's just a long drive. We'll see. Maybe in that new uh, luxury city that that guy built... No, that one's well. Most people can't really afford that. Yeah. <laughs> well, not for you. Be, you can afford it. You can afford it, sorry. In good time. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, true. Have you heard? Yeah, um, I can buy it. Then, then yeah, I only yeah, there, f- it? thirty-seven billion. Isn't it? You'd have to be on that program as well. You know, some dodgy dealings. <laughs> have you? Have you <laughs> Bad boy billionaires. Yeah. New episode. <laughs> have you heard? Um, on in Dubai. Um, we see tourism has gone up very significantly <laughs> in the last few months. Yo, I heard they're closing the corridor. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. That's mad. The yeah, they're they're gonna take them off the list. <laughs> so what about the people who are not like who are in Dubai? I'm sure they can come back. They'd have to just quarantine for you know, one year or something. But wh- why? They literally do not want anyone to go anywhere and have any fun. 
Yeah, man. What's yeah. what's changed? That's the thing. What's what's changed since in the last few months and now, where now Dubai has become, you know, a threat. I guess. The thing is, right? Even you know, I was I was seen on Twitter mm. that there's literally nothing at Heathrow. No one. What? There's no like measures or anything. There's no testing. There's no like anything like that you just come yeah. like it's normal in it yeah yeah so why don't they fix that <laughs> like why are you closing the corridors right yeah, yeah, let yeah. people come in and yeah. travel and shit if they need to mm. but at least put some measures in that at your airports in it your airports just like come through like in like, nothing's happening outside yeah and yeah i mean that would definitely help you know any reduce any threats and stuff like that but the other thing is like, you know, I guess because they're doing it for, uh, we'll finish here. So just to finish off, they're doing it for, you know, health reasons. I get that, that would be one. But whoever's pushing the buttons literally has the power to shut off money flowing to these places. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the percentage of tourists are from the UK mm-hmm. in Dubai, but if, it, if, if it's significant, then them now taking off the list is going to take a lot of tourism away from Dubai which is going to affect them mm-hmm. that's that's very interesting um, could be used in a you know, know economically devastating yeah manner. yeah you know what yeah, I'm saying I hear you <laughs> you know when you yeah. say Dubai you're not giving us no gold alright <laughs> it makes sense man I think the government's handling of this has been Terrible, terrible, terrible. But yeah, what can you do, man? Yeah. All right, shall we uh, end this podcast? You want to close off? Yep. Keep it simple. Whiskeypreneurs, out.